0: The title of my message this morning is Faith, Confident, Expectation. Faith, Confident, Expectation. And I think it will help some of you. It wasn't just that that stirred me up about this. It was some other things that had transpired throughout the week and where I know some people are. When you have people that have been around the faith message for a period of time and they are saying... Believe with us, we can't pay our bills. And you know that they've been around the faith message for a while. And you know that you are their leader. You go home and you cry. Because you think in your heart, where have we missed it? Where have we as leaders missed it that they are not getting it by now? Because somewhere we as leaders are missing it if there's people that have been hearing the faith message for years and they still can't pay their light bill. Now, you can blame it on the person. But somewhere, if you want to be smart, you can't always just blame it on the person. Some place along the way, the leader has got to take some responsibility and say, look, we're not doing this right if our people still can't pay their light bill. Something's not right. You can just dump it on them and say, well, they're just ignorant. But somewhere you have to take responsibility upon yourself and say, we're missing it somewhere. We're either not teaching it right, or we're not showing them, or we're not doing something. And take some responsibility on yourself and say, "Okay, look, let's look at this. What's going wrong here? What what are we not doing? Why are they not getting this?" It's real easy to blame shift for things. But if there's people that are close to you that you know is still not able to put food on their table, pay their light bill, drive a car and pay for a car, then something's wrong. And there's people in this, in this congregation that have been sitting under the Word for time after time after year after year after year and still don't have the money to pay their rent. And they see other people around them and they say, we're getting our new houses, we're getting our new cars. And all it's doing for them is defeating them. Because they're saying, I'm not getting it. What's wrong with me? Why aren't I getting it? What's wrong with me? So I want us to look at some of that this morning. Are y'all up for it? Let's find out why some people are getting new houses and new cars. And some people can't pay their light bill. Okay? Y'all want to? All right. Let's look at some things this morning. Turn with me to Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith is not some pie in the sky, wishy-washy, dreamy, hopey, schemy. Some people have it. Some people don't. Thing. Faith is Real. And it will work for everybody if you work it right. It is no respecter of persons. God is no respecter of persons. He doesn't like this person better than this person. He won't do more for this person than he will this person. Faith, for lack of a better thing, is, is almost a mechanical thing. It'll work for somebody that's not even saved the same way it'll work for somebody that is saved. But you got to work it. you got to do it. Let's look at Hebrews 11.1. 1. If you don't have a Bible, raise your hand because this is going to be so basic this morning. If you don't pay close attention, it's going to fall in your lap and something's going to happen to, for you before you know it. <laughs> Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Duh. Anybody else? Duh. Does that? answer all your questions about what faith is? No. no. And if you say it does, you lie. I like things simple. Yes. I like things to where we can teach it to the kids because if, if the four-year-olds can understand it, then the adults can understand it. Because most of the time, the adults pretend like they can understand it, but they don't. And that's what happens to them, is they like to put on this facade that they got it so that everybody else thinks they got it when they don't got it. And so they go through life defeated with these airs that they got it when they don't got it. And the four-year-olds got it, but they don't got it. Because we break it down for the four-year-olds. So we don't break it down for the adults. And they walk out of here going, mm-hmm, yeah, I got it. But they don't got it. So their light bill ain't paid. Hebrews 11:1 in the, the living Bible. It says, anybody got a living Bible in here? So y'all can make sure I'm saying it right. Nobody in here has a living Bible. Somebody does. Tell them if I'm telling it wrong, okay? Tell me if I'm telling it wrong. What is faith? It is the confident assurance that something we want is going to happen. Now, does that help you? Can y'all type that up for me? Since we don't have the living Bible. What is faith? Faith. Question mark. It is the confident assurance that something we want is going to happen. Does that help you? Now would a four year old understand that? What is faith? They might understand it a little bit better, but not totally. What is faith? So let's break it down even more. It's you having confidence. And in that something you want, you can expect it to happen. That something that you are expecting is going to happen. Okay, let's break it down for the four-year-olds even more. Okay, four-year-olds, what is faith? Grandma's coming tomorrow and she's bringing you a present. Can a four-year-old understand this? Okay, after church, when we get home tomorrow... You're going to change clothes, and Grandma's coming, and she's bringing you a present. What happens tomorrow when you get home from church? As soon as you get through that door, they change their clothes, and they get to a window, and they start watching. What are they watching for? Grandma. Are they expecting Grandma to come? They are confidently expecting grandma to come to their house. And what else are they expecting? A present. That's faith. Plain and simple. Just that simple. They are expecting it. Why would they expect it? They got told that by somebody they believe in. Somebody they believe in told them grandma's coming tomorrow and she's bringing you a present. How simple is that? Very, very simple. Not complicated. That's faith. Somebody told them something that they believed, without seeing it, exactly, Gina. without seeing it, they believed it and they expected it. Now why do we complicate it with all the other things? Because we're grown-ups. And because we've had a tendency to believe the devil more than we've had a tendency to believe the one who said it. We've had a lifetime of faith failures. To believe more than the one who said it. So let's look at a few things. Luke thirteen nineteen. Confident assurance. how do we get that confident assurance? Luke 13:19. It's like a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and he cast into his garden and it grew. And it waxed a great tree in the fowls of the air, lodged in it the branches of it. So the mustard seed grew. Our faith is like a grain of mustard seed. Anybody doing the connection there? Okay, think with me just a minute. When Jesus spoke to the fig tree, do you think he stopped and said, um, He looked around. Waited for all of his disciples to leave and say, this is the fig tree. Because all of his disciples were with him, correct? Yes. Okay. So the disciples were with him and he waited for everybody to get past him. And this is the fig tree. And he spoke to the fig tree. No, he waited. Everybody, fig tree, I curse you. I Command you to die. No. No. He said, fig tree, I curse you, and no man eat fruit of thee hereafter. Did he have confidence to do that? We don't a lot of times. We do things in secret. Right? Okay, we'll come back to that. When he spoke to the winds and the waves, do you think he said... uh, Peace be still. But before he said it, he said, Now, guys, 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 get down in the boat and let's intercede for 45 minutes. Because this is a big storm. And in order for this to work properly, I've got to have some backup here. Because my faith is only just so-so. So if we have a prayer meeting about this and we'll all get together and intercede for about 30, 45 minutes, two days, whatever, then we can speak to the storm and say, peace, be still. No. What did he do? He just spoke to it. it. Himself. Did he have confidence to do that? Yes. Of course he did. Now, what about Lazarus? Did he stand back and say, oh, man, I'm going to look really, really, really dumb if I speak and nothing happens? If I'm in this healing line and I call somebody out from the crowd and there ain't nobody in here like that, it's going to be really bad. Nobody has that. It's going to be really, really bad. You think he questioned that for 45 minutes in his mind and wrestled with it back and forth? What did he say? Lazarus, come forth. No doubt. But let's look at something. Did he have confidence to do all these things? Look at something. Luke two 2.40. I think there's something people have missed for a while. And the child, what child was that? What's that next word? Grew. Grew. And waxed what? Strong Strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Now look at 2.42. And how old does he say he was? He was 12 years old when that happened, right? 12 years old. Huh. He was 12 years old. When he grew and waxed strong in spirit. Now look at Luke three sixteen. John's talking, and he says, Luke three sixteen. John answered, saying unto them, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I comes, the latchet of whose shoes I'm not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. And then Luke 3, 23. So Jesus is coming. In verse 23, Jesus himself being about what? 30 years of age. 30 years of age. Somebody do the math for me there. 18 18 years. From the time he grew and waxed strong in spirit to the time he did John 2.1. Does anybody know what happened in John 2.1? His first miracle. Does anybody have a clue what's going on here? He's He's growing spiritually. Jesus was a man. People try to get it in their minds... That they're going to jump from no word, no nothing, no anointing, no faith to performing miracles. Jesus did perform miracles. Jesus did have faith. Jesus did have confidence to do these things. Look at—you can write them down if you want to. John 2:1, he turned the water into wine. John 6:1, he feeds 5,000. John 6:16, 6, he walks on the water. Uh, John 11:1, he raises Lazarus from the dead. Uh, Matthew 21:19 is where he cursed the fig tree. Those were all when he was at least 30 years of age. Do we have any recorded miracles? Of Jesus when he was twelve years old doing anything. No. It says he sat in the synagogue and listened and talked. But no miracles, no big faith victories of any kind. Because he was growing. So that's where so many people fail in their faith victories. And then they go away saying faith does not work. They go away saying, I can't pay my light bill. I can't pay my phone bill. They expect to be able to do everything immediately and have the best immediately. doesn't work that way you have to start where you are in order to get where you need to be and people have refused to do that faith is a confidence why don't we have an encore today for keith to go in Because I haven't been able to believe God for the millions of dollars to come in today to go and pick up that encore. I would love to be able to go out today and say, I've got the millions of dollars coming in the door today to just go pick up that encore today. I can pretend. And do dumb stuff. And make people think I'm where I'm not by doing dumb stuff. But that's not where I am. Let's keep going. Second Thessalonians 1.3. Did Jesus' faith grow? Some of you don't know if you like that or not. That was Bible. I just read you the Bible. That's right. yeah, that's right. Jesus was a man, and that's a different sermon. And I don't want to get into the theological sermons with you. You can save your notes and letters. I don't read them. Dave does anyway, and he, you know, so save them. I spare myself from those ugly things. Amen. Yeah. Second Thessalonians one three. It says, we are bound to thank God always for you, brothers, as it is meet, because your faith grows exceedingly. Can your faith grow? It can grow exceedingly. The Amplified says, we ought and indeed are obligated... As those in debt to give thanks always to God for you, brothers, as it is fitting, because your faith is growing exceedingly and your love of one another, um, of every one of you, each toward the others is increasing and it abounds. That's actually our scripture here for the church. Your faith grows and your love abounds. So our faith can grow exceedingly. What happens is people want things, and they think that's faith because they want it. A lot of people, before they find out about faith, they have a lot of debt. And they find out about faith, and they think, Okay, so I'm going to believe God to get out of debt, which is a wonderful thing, to believe God to get out of debt. Everybody should have that experience once in their lifetime, to be free from all debt. It's a great thing. But then what happens is, they get out of debt, and they get right back in over their head again. And it's traps of the devil. It's a cycle. And there's never any victories in their life. Faith is, you cannot separate faith from being led of God. And people have confused that. I know Keith is, you've all heard Keith tell the stories about us and things that we've done and made, made mistakes. That's one thing you'll learn about us real quickly is, is we have shared mistakes that we've made in order to help you to keep from making some of the same mistakes. Because it doesn't help to get up here and tell you, uh, we live in this wonderful place and we've got these wonderful things and you, uh, just go out and, and get yourself in trouble and get these wonderful things. Let me explain to you where Keith and I started so that you can understand where we are now and where we started. When Keith and I started, we got a trailer that um, most people wouldn't want to live in. Mobile home, whatever you want to call it. Uh, the stove didn't work. The oven didn't work. I cooked in an electric skillet for the first year and two years of my married life. I cooked cornbread in an electric skillet. Did you know you could do that? Because <laughs> that's where we were. The heat did not work. We had to get a wood heater in order to get heat in the trailer. It had absolutely no insulation in it. It was a tin outer wall and a plyboard inner wall, not with a 2 by 4 with a one by 2 That's how we started. But now today's kids think if they don't get an apartment or a condominium that is up to the standards of mom and dad, they're embarrassed. So they go out and they get themselves in this huge debt And they have to have washers and dryers and huge screen TVs and all these other things that mom and dad had to start with. And they start out in debt over their head and they live in debt the rest of their lives. Because they're in a sinkhole before they can even get started. There's no leading of God in that. So... What happens is there's no confidence in their faith. You cannot be in faith. You cannot separate faith from the leadings of God. There's no way that God led them to that apartment or that condo. Or that house. God led them to this one, but their flesh didn't like it. And that's not just for the newlywed. That's for the person that's been married 30 or 40 years that's never got their finances in order. God might tell you to do what he told us with our vehicles. He might say, okay, sell that and sell that. And ride with your wife, like he told Keith. And the only reason he had us doing that is because God had given me a vehicle that we didn't have payments on. To help get us out of debt. People are trying to live beyond their means and calling it faith. So you have no confident assurance in God. You can't even believe for the money to pay the bills because God didn't tell you to do it to start with. In order to have faith from God, you have to believe that he told you to do it. Just like with the very first thing I said. Why did that four-year-old believe grandma was coming the next day? Because someone he trusted told him grandma was coming. Did someone you told someone you trust tell you to get that place or that car or that house or that new TV or that new vehicle or that new thing that got you in over your head? It's good to try to keep up with the Joneses. But what you don't know is the Joneses are about to get a divorce because they can't handle their finances. It's, it's sad that we live in such a pride-filled world that people don't want to face where they are. And if people would just take a step back, God does not mind us having the very best of everything. It would suit me just fine if everybody in here lived in a million to a five million dollar house. I don't care. But I do care how you get it. Because we want to represent the Lord properly. And it makes a difference to me if Branson Utility, Empire Electric, White River Electric, uh... The automobile dealerships, GMAC, uh, Ford Credit, um, all the different people, creditors, know that these people are representing Christ and they're not paying their bills on time. Because the strongest witness you have is not preaching to people. It's not your mouth. Because if we preach prosperity and you don't pay your bills... It's out the window. Faith is real. And you can have the very, very best. But you cannot separate faith from being led by the Spirit. And you know when you go to sign your name on that dotted line and God didn't tell you to get that. He told you to get the lesser one. And let Him bless you and bring you up. We've all done it. I've done it. I doubt, seriously, there's a person in this room that's not done that. I'm not saying you can see. I Now, take this for what it is, and, and I know there's people that, okay. I didn't say it was right or wrong for you to borrow. We borrowed on the church building. You know that. You help pay for seats in regards to it. But I am telling you, it's wrong for you to get in debt to where you cannot dig yourself out of a hole to believe God to get out of it. That's never God. And that's why there's such controversy in regards to that is because people don't know how to be led in regards to it. They don't know how to be led in regards to if it's okay to borrow for this vehicle or if it's okay to borrow for this house or if it's okay to borrow for this. They just think, I'm going to borrow for it. I can make the payment on it. Well, did God tell you to or not? It's not okay just because you can. Did God say to? There's a big difference in it. Look at something with me. Ephesians 16:32. There's another thing that's an issue with people. Now I'm going to really step on some sacred cows. Dave's going to really like me and Nancy. Exodus, I mean. I did say Ephesians. Y'all... Exodus 16, 32. Get there and then I'll tell you a story. We have people on a regular basis. Now, by regular basis, I mean every week. Contact us and say, feed us. Every week. They say, we don't have food. We say, the Bible says, if you don't work, you don't eat. They say, God said for me not to work. (laughs) They say, I've not been directed to the proper place to work. I mean, I'm serious. There are people like that. This is what I have to say. Y'all want to know? Okay, Exodus 16, 32. And I'm not being hard. I spent some time studying this this week. Exodus. Moses said, This is the thing that the Lord commands. Fill an offer of it and be kept to your generations. But the, the last part is what I want to read. I have fed you in the wilderness when I brought you forth from the land of Egypt. The Lord says, he brought them forth from Egypt, and so what did he do? He fed them. If he brings you out, he'll feed you. Here's another one. You want another one? The mouth of two or three witnesses? First Kings 17. Dave and Kim, y'all, I mean Dave and um, Nancy, y'all are gonna owe me big for this. 1 Kings 17, and all you pastors on the internet in the West Coast that watch us every Sunday morning. we got a bunch of pastors that get up on Sunday morning and watch us. Pastor Mark. 1 Kings 17, verse 2. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, who came unto him, saying, Get thee hence and turn thee eastward and hide yourself by the brook of Cherith. Yeah, that's before Jordan. And it shall be that you shall drink of the brook. And I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. For he went and dwelt by the brook. And the ravens brought him bread and, f- and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening. And he drank from the brook. So if the Lord tells you to do something and not to work, he's strong and well able to provide food for you to eat. Okay. But they rather have do it for me faith. Look at Luke eighteen twenty two. Boy, we're having fun. Now, when Jesus heard these things, he said to him, you lack one thing, sell all you have and distribute it to the who? P-O-O-R, poor. And you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. Now, I spent all day yesterday, big portion of the day, studying. And I looked up this word poor. And I looked up it it up in translation after translation after translation. We've got a book that's 26 translations. We've got Bible programs on computer after computer. I looked up this word poor everywhere I could look it up. And you know, not one place did I find it translate lazy. Never did it translate lazy. It said poor. Now, there's a difference between poor and lazy. Do y'all think there's a difference between poor and lazy? Now, I would love to sit at home and do nothing sometime, even just for a few days. I mean, y'all know my first vacation was just a few months ago. You know, I mean, I'd love to have another one right away. It'd be great. But, you know, there's a big difference in people that get up and go to work every day and people that require that other people pay their bills for them. Why should you have to work hard all week long and have other people require that you pay your their bills for them? It's unfair. God did not plan it that way. He required that you work so that you have to do what? To give. To sow. So it's not okay for them to require that you pay their bills and take your seed. It's more to it than just, it's it's the devil stealing your seed. And I refuse to let him steal the church's seed or my seed because they're lazy. And you need to look at it that way. If there's people in your life that have become to be a drain on you, And they are just being lazy. The Bible says if they don't work, they don't eat. And so, therefore, look at it as they're stealing your seed. That's seed. Precious seed. Because the Bible didn't say you work to make a living. It says it is your seed. And we know differently in here. We don't work to make a living. We work to sow. So we have a higher revelation of it than most people do. So don't let people steal your seed because they refuse to do what God told them to do. That word does not translate lazy or hyper-religious. It just doesn't. Okay? So, um, it does say in 2 Corinthians 8, 9, This will help you. You can give them this scripture. Y'all all know it. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ... That though he was rich, for your sakes he became poor. That yet through his poverty you might be rich. So who does that apply to? Anybody that will accept it. I recently heard somebody say that the rich people are just supposed to support the poor. That they didn't like us because that's what they believed. That the rich are just supposed to support the poor. They wanted to stay poor. So that the rich could just support. Hogwash. They can be rich just like anybody else can be rich. So uh, uh, we, we've got a job to do. So back to the exceeding growing faith for just a minute. Why is that person's light bill not paid? Couple of reasons. Hope you see it a little bit now. Number one, they've tried to overextend themselves. They've tried to live beyond their means. They've tried to live at a level that they're not prepared to live at just yet. They need to go back and start at 1 plus 1 instead of at 10 plus 10. Don't be proudful. Because you'll never get to 10 plus 10 if you don't go back and start at 1 plus 1. We had to do it. And if you're too proud to do it, you will never reach 10 plus 10. Okay? Every person has to do it at some point or another. You have to start at 1.1. 1 plus 1, I mean. Just say, hey, guys, I'm not there. We can't go out and eat right now. We're not there. We'd love to go out and eat with you, but we don't have it right now. Believe with us. We'll get there. We know we've been doing it, but we've been overextending ourselves. And if if they're true friends to you, they'll say, hey, we got you. How many of you in here would really respect the people sitting next to you or your friends if they did that? 98% of the hands went up in here. Because you know what faith is. You know. How many of you in here are actually believing for houses and lands and should really back off from your spending so you could get your houses and lands? Biggest percentage of you. There's, There's seasons for things. There's seasons where you can spend. We've done it all of our lives. There's seasons where you've got a little extra money. And you can spend a little extra. But then there's seasons where you need to tighten your belt and say, we're not spending anything right now. We want to save every penny we've got to be able to put down on our house. Like right now for us, as far as the ministry is concerned, we're not buying anything after I get a purchase order. No. What am I believing for right now? Airplanes, houses, lands. Okay? Okay. I know Dave and Kim, they're believing for their house. They're believing to get their house built. I guarantee you, they ain't going to go spend a bunch of money on a bunch of new clothes and a bunch of new this and a bunch of new that right now because they're believing for their house. I mean, they, God may deal with them to sow, but that's different than just blowing. And if you're wise, God will lead you to do those things. He will lead you, hey, back off. Don't go eat out so much. He will lead you. Get a smaller apartment for a season. Get out of your big house for a little while and save for this. He will lead you. And if you've got real faith friends, they'll know what you're doing. They'll know we're not spending extra right now. Because that's the way faith works. They'll know, oh, I'm getting rid of the the big car for now. So what, you've been driving a, a big Hummer and you get a station wagon. You're believing for something bigger and nicer for a season. So you cut back for a season. That's the way faith works, not pride. Pride will always have to have the best. Pride always has to be better than everybody else. Faith is, hey, I can drive the pickup for a little while because I know I can have the best in a year and a half from now. But pride is, what will they think? If they see me come to, come to the church in that beat-up pickup truck. They'll think, they're saving for their house. I know what they're doing. <laughs> they're saving for their new furniture. They're saving every dime they've got to get that new furniture for their house. Pride is ugly. Pride is I've got to be better than everybody else. I didn't always wear nice clothes. When we went when we traveled with Brother Hagen, Keith and I were probably some of the worst dressed people that traveled with him. And had to be up in front of everybody. All the time. We didn't have it. For the first time. 10, 15 years, we wore the same outfits. We flip-flopped them. Kate can tell you, we had to wash them and iron them, and some of them were falling apart. We didn't go out and overextend ourselves to be able to buy the extra clothes so that we could say we're somebody. We didn't have it. So now we have some extra Because I have a Phyllis account. Because I was faithful then to do what he told me to do. And so the airplane or do the things that he told us to do. Don't let the devil make you step into his trap. That's why people can't pay their light bill. It's because they're trying to live. They're not being led by the Holy Ghost. They're being led by their flesh. And trying to live up to a standard that they're not. And they're condemned all the time. And it's eating their insides out. Because they're condemned because they can't pay their bills. And and it's hurting them. and they're, And they're not in faith. They're in condemnation. And I mean, I used to have a girl that I worked with 25 years ago. And she was always going to one of these, what is it, the check cashing places that they'll loan you money a week ahead of time for your paycheck. She she lived on a week ahead of time. She never had her paycheck. It was spent before she got it. And it's sad. But we're a society of living up to somebody else's standard. And God will give you the best. But you have to accept where you are now. He don't care if you have 12 Rolls Royces in 16 houses. But the devil will try to sell you on. You have to have it now. Now, instant, now. But you have to grow in it, guys. You have to accept where you are and not try to get there by false means. Come in the broken down truck where the shift lever breaks and you have to jump out and fix the linkage in it. Or the Vega where the motor blows up and you have to get it fixed in order to drive it. Come where you are. Accept where you are and let God raise you up instead of you trying to raise you up. And we'll see real faith growing instead of fake faith growing. Does that help anybody? Then there are people. One other thing before we close today. Then there are people... That have actually done that in this place. There are people that have actually taken those steps. And have come up through the through the time. And have done those things. But you have got complacent. You have used your faith. And grown. You've got to step out. And give more and do more. Than what you've been doing. Elsewise you'll grow stagnant. You've got to step out like we did with the airplane. It wasn't easy giving away an airplane. to be honest with your flesh. It's like, don't you think Keith would have loved to had the money that that airplane was worth to sew on his next or put down on his next airplane? Of course. but if you don't do it, then you will never grow in faith because your faith grows. All right, stand up with me and let's thank God for his wisdom. Father, We thank you for this service this morning. And I ask you now to deal with hearts and souls in regards to this, Father. And I ask you that enlightenment to eyes comes now, Father. Satan, we bind you concerning this. And anything that you would do to hinder truth from getting into people's hearts and pride getting into people's hearts, you are bound. I ask you that revelation of truth come into them now, Father. So that they can see your light and your truth and that doors be opened so that they can see the way and the path that they've not seen before. And that true faith come to them, Father, that they've not seen before, Father. That they be set on a path and a course that they've not seen before to bring them up higher and higher than they've ever been. And I thank you that your word is true and every man is a liar in regards to bringing them falsenesses where faith is concerned, Father, And setting them on the wrong course. I thank you for it. In Jesus name. Amen.